So everybody right now, please welcome. Welcome to the Sports Fantasies Podcast, where we break down rankings, projections. Well, hello there. Welcome to the show, everyone. Do you love fantasy sports? And going off the beaten path? Well, then this is a show for you. Oh, yeah. Sports Fantasy with Miller and McCarty. Welcome back, Sports Fantasy with Miller and McCarty, episode fifty-seven. It's just Miller and McCarty in the house. We've been doing right this week. Of course, the NFL schedule came up. This is the NFL schedule release party special. Special. <laughs> yes. Going to be a quicker show this week. Um, we got we got the schedule release stuff. We'll, we'll kind of focus on the pickle. Uh, we do jump into some fantasy football in the football segment. Of course, we have our fantasy baseball running segment throughout all the season. Um, so we will we will get into all of this. Um, of course, NFL NFL is the only sport where anybody cares about a schedule release, correct? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean the baseball schedule, uh, nobody even knows if it's out or not. Like even the fantasy website. <laughs> yes. uh, like, yeah, I just yeah. re- I, I just renewed hockey and, and basketball, and both of them say like things might have to change because the schedule's not finalized yet. Because nobody cares about those schedules. No, there's no leaking of the baseball schedule because who's looking for it? Uh, speaking of leaks, there was one leak that went around for quite a while that I was very disappointed that didn't come true. And then another one that did that was rumored to be happening. Then everyone said it wasn't going to happen. So the first one was Thanksgiving Day. The Bills were rumored to be playing the Ravens. Of course, they are playing on Thanksgiving, but against the Lions at 1230, right? Like prime, like lunch time on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was the Rams, the season opener. Uh, at first that was like a big rumor and then it went away after the Thanksgiving week. That wasn't true. And then it came back. So we'll get into that in a few minutes. So let's jump in first to, of course, we are going to start to pickle. No sponsor. We lost our sponsor. Very sad, you know, day for us. When that happened, the yes, NFL schedule, the NFL schedule release party is what we have here. So we went top five non-Buffalo Bills games that we like. Uh, let's hear your five through three, sir. Sure. You know, I didn't put these in any particular order, but here's five of them. Well, here's three of them. First one up right off the bat, week one. I think it might even be a rematch from week one last year. But the Bucks at the Cowboys, uh, for some reason, that excites me my next one i don't think it'll be a good game uh, but i am excited to watch it again week one it's monday night football russell wilson going into seattle i like what the nfl did there with that one broncos at seahawks and my number three cowboys are back at it against the the home team here in nashville it's the cowboys at the titans thursday night football week 17 uh, so what's crazy is the Titans didn't make my list. 
I considered them, but I don't have any faith that they're going to be nearly as good this year. Anyways, all right. So uh, my number five, great minds think alike. Week one, Tampa at Dallas. I, too, am intrigued by that matchup. Uh, number four, I got the Rams at Tampa. It's November 9th. I was doing some last-minute research again because I've left my research at work. Um, and so here we are, the Rams against Tampa November 9th. And my number three, you got the Chiefs going back to Cincinnati to rematch the AFC Championship game from last year on December 4th. What's your number two? My number two, week 17, Rams at Chargers. I think that's going to have a, a, be a game with some implications. Um, so my number two, Rams at Chargers, uh, January 1st. I, too, believe that's going to be a big game. I, I like what the Chargers have done this offseason. And, of course, the Rams are defending champs. So where'd you go number one? There is no number one. Miller, you know why? There was only four non-Bills games I liked. Because, quite frankly, if you aren't watching the Bills, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) As much as I agree with you, I did have a number one. I put Kansas City at Tampa Bay on October 2nd, uh, mostly because I think it's a potential Super Bowl matchup. Um, I think... Either or both of those teams could be in the Super Bowl. Although we'll get back to that later. All right. You need, uh, to? I'm going to send you some oil for your chair. It's got to be a squeaky chair over there. <laughs> a lot of creaks. Um, what about your three biggest non-competitive games or stinkers, non-bills? Well, what a terrible category. I mean, uh, first one up. You'll, you'll you see want- why I added this category in just a moment. Okay. So the first Great one. I've got- by knockout. I've got uh, week two, Panthers at Giants. I mean, who's who's tuning in? I'm going to give you all three because this is a terrible category. I, I, told, Number, I told you to give me all three. You don't listen. Okay. Number two, week eight, Panthers are back at it on the road again, <laughs> this time at the Falcons. Marcus Mariota versus <laughs> Sam Darnold. <laughs> what a matchup. My number one any Houston Texan game because I don't think they have one player on their team worth watching. Okay. Uh, so uh, my number three, uh, you know, it is Eagles lions on September 11th. Why? No one wants to watch either of those teams play. There's nobody. I can't think of one person that wants to watch Eagles. And lions I just, play. I just agree a little there. I, I, Eagles intrigue me a little bit. Now they got AJ right. Brown. I, I could watch their games. All right, so obviously you're not going to like another one of my selections here in a moment. Number two, Texans-Bears on September 25th. That's bad. At least this is early season, um, but it's the Texans and the Bears. My number one, Eagles-Bears, December 18th. Again, the Bears, not really that watchable. The Eagles, I don't believe are very watchable. They have a running back playing quarterback. Uh, although I did hear from an Eagles fan recently that he would not want Kyler Murray if he was available. So, <laughs> yes, yes. All right. And so now let's get into the stuff that all the fans actually want to hear about. And by all the fans, I mean me and you. So uh, the top five Bills games. Let's go. Oh, he could go all the way. Touchdown. 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 The Bills make you okay. You're saying. Let's hear your five through three. Five through three, top five Bills games. Number five, it's only because it's Turkey Day. Otherwise, this wouldn't be on here. But I'm going Bills at Lions just because 
it's an honor to play on Thanksgiving. Number four, I feel like this is an every year occurrence now, but the Bills are going to host the Titans on Monday Night Football. I believe week two, if I remember correctly, early on in the season. My number three, it's Sunday Night Football. I'm excited about this one. Aaron Rodgers coming into into Western New York. It's the Packers at the Bills week eight. So funny enough, uh, we have two that are the same here. And two of those games I am going to be at if everything works out. Oh, nice. All right, so number five, I have the Bills at the Rams in week one. I put it here because it's week one. Oh, I, do it, I do think it's a potential Super Bowl matchup, but I think there's two other matchups that are more important than this one. Miller, you're nuts. <laughs> number four, uh, same as your number four here, Bills-Titans on September 19th, Monday Night Football, a 7-15 start because they're doing a makeshift doubleheader. The second game involves the Eagles, so no one's going to want to watch that, so everyone will be tuning <laughs> into the Bills-Titans. And I expect McCarty to be in New York that day. All right, number three. Sure. <laughs> number three, the Packers at the Bills on Halloween Eve. I think that game is going to be insane. I promised my stepson, yeah. who was a Packers fan a couple of years ago, that when the Packers came to Buffalo, I would take him. And it just so happens the cheapest ticket right now to that game is $200 in the 300s. But I will, you know, stand by my word and be on the lookout for cheaper deals. But – that is my five through three. What's your number two, sir? Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. My number two, uh, week 17, it's the Bills at the Bengals Monday night football. Again, this could be a game for some a playoff seating, but either way, you got Allen versus uh, Burrow. Uh, should be a good time. All right, so my number two, Bills at Bengals on January 3rd uh, for the reasons you just stated. And I assume I know what your number one is, but what's your number one? My number one, you had at five. It's opening night. I mean, Bills at Rams. I, I'm with you that, yes, that would be maybe later in the year uh, a little more sexy. Uh, but still, I mean, Thursday night football to open up the season, uh, that's going to be a great game. I'm, I'm pumped. My favorite thing about the Bills playing uh, opening night game, and then they don't play again until Monday the following week, so they get 11 days to prepare for the Titans. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my number one, though, is the Bills at the Chiefs. We've talked about the Bills and Chiefs quite a bit. Um, again, that's a mid-October game, so I think it's like October 16th. But the Bills beat the Chiefs last year in a regular season and, of course, lost them in the playoffs on all sorts of craziness. Uh, although I still think if Trey White played, the Bills would have won. But I'm that's over. just me. I'm over so, the Chiefs. Um, but I believe that the Bills have to be able to – beat the Chiefs, and probably more so in the playoffs, but for that reason, I kept it number one. What about your two Bills stinkers? I have a feeling we're probably going to be very similar here, if not the exact same. Uh, first one was Week 11 versus the Browns. I guess it's a little more interesting uh, with Deshaun Watson there, and it is somewhat uh, close in proximity, but uh, nobody's excited about watching the Browns. And then, of course, the number one, Week 16 at the Bears. Uh, you know, we'll be watching, but should we? Um, so, okay, so we only have one the same. My number one is also the Bills and Bears on Christmas Eve. Mostly I have more important things to do on Christmas Eve than worry about the Bills thumping the Bears in Chicago. Um, my number two, though, I went with the Jets at the Bills uh, December 11th. Um, I don't expect that game to be very competitive. 
it is important because the Bills do have a tough schedule this year. They do need those quote-unquote gimme wins. They, you know, lost a bad game last year to the Jaguars that ended up costing them come seeding time, and yeah. that's why we played that's why we played the, the Chiefs in Kansas City and not in Buffalo. So, um, so I have the, the Jets on December 11th and the Bears on December 24th. I don't think the Jets are going to be as bad as you think, but uh, I think the Jets are going to struggle to get wins because I don't think they're going to beat the Dolphins, Patriots, or Bills. That's six losses right there. So they're going to beat the your, Pats. Start. Starting your season zero and six basically isn't isn't a good recipe for you know success. I've All got right, my so Zach, they, got my Zach Wilson you, you sign Zach back Wilson up out in the yard again. My sign, yeah. All right, so here we want a little projections as far as the four favorite teams of the people who have hosted the show most frequently. So that's LTG, Blades, uh, Keith, and us. So we'll start with Keith here, the 49ers. I know that's not the order they're in. What did you have for the Niners' uh, projected record? So, and a little bonus with these, although maybe not if you – did you touch on any of the total season over-unders for odds are or anything else? I did, yes. Okay, so I'll I'll leave that off here then. So anyway, the Niners, I had them at 11-6 and if they keep – Debo or, or find a decent replacement in trade and 10 and seven. If not, I think quarterback play is going to be the key factor there. You know, if Trey Lance is the starter, uh, it, I don't know if he's good, then they can get to 11 or 12 wins. If he's bad, then they're probably sitting around eight, nine, 10. So I, I'm going to go play it safe here and go 10 and seven. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I went, I went low with the Niners because I think there's a lot of questions. What about Debo? What about quarterback? Um, can they continue to get the run game going if they don't have a passing game? Um, so I actually project the Niners at 7-10. and 10. I actually went through their whole schedule. I went through all of these teams' schedules and tried to project out wins and losses. So I have them at 7-10. and 10. I think that's probably a little low, but that's where I'm at at this moment. That is low. What did you do with the Chargers? Chargers. All right. 10 and 7. And that is reluctant. Re, re, reluctantly. Um, only because I like the Chargers. I know you like them more than me, so I'm sure you'll go higher. But they've got a really tough schedule. Uh, to be honest, if they finish 8 and 9, it wouldn't shock me. That division is going to split a lot of games playing each other. So I, I think it comes down to what you can win outside of it. And they just have a tough schedule all, all around. So 10 and 7 again. They do have a tough schedule. I went 11 and 6, only a game better than you. Um, I could see them being anywhere between 9 and 8 and 12 and 5. Uh, if they went 8 and 9, I wouldn't be shocked, obviously. But I went 11 and 6 with them. What about the Eagles? Okay. The Eagles, well, look, Luke, gonna... said, <laughs> Luke says 13 and 5. Uh, no. Which, no, no, which includes a playoff game because there's only 17 regular season games. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I have nine and eight, and again, this is only really because of schedule. Wow. They've got a cake first four weeks. I could see them three and one after the first month of the season, uh, but then it's going to go downhill from there, and I'll go nine and eight. All right. So yeah, you like the Eagles more than I do. Uh, not not shocking. 
uh, LTG, I, I feel really bad saying no. I don't. Six and eleven for the Eagles. I, I think they're gonna. <laughs> I think they're gonna be terrible. Uh, I don't. I think Jalen Hurts is gonna struggle. AJ Brown is gonna demand a trade halfway through the season. It's it's gonna be <laughs> ugly. It, six and eleven for the Eagles. Book it. Write it down. Stamp it. Whatever you gotta do. All right. What'd you do for our beloved Buffalo Bills, who also have a very tough schedule? Oh well. Yes and no. So I've got them at thirteen and four. It's a really, really tough opening seven weeks. I mean, their first seven games, I think there's a there's a buy in there somewhere. So the first eight weeks, I guess, in seven games, it's it's really tough. But the second half of the season is on paper a cakewalk. I, I don't think they play any playoff teams the second half of the season. Uh, so, you know, how they fare in that first seven games is going to be the deter- determining factor for me with them. Uh, you know, if they can come out of that five and two, or even six and one, then you're looking for a really, really good record. But they could come out of those first seven games four and three. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, I have them going fourteen and three. Uh, I, I like you. I, I don't really see a loss on the schedule after that Packers game. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, anything can happen. Oh. They lost to the Jags last year. Yeah, they'll lose. I mean, you don't just win oh, yeah. every game. They used to win on paper, you know, so they'll lose one of those. Oh, oh, but. No, but I could easily see them starting the season, you know, five and three or four and three, whatever it is, and then running the table from there. Uh, not saying they will, but I could see it happening. I have a 14 and three. That might be might be a little high, but last year I was a little low on them. Although I think I pretty much nailed it when it came to the, uh, the over-under, but another story for another day. Let's jump right into the <laughs> odds are. All right, so – Odds are, of course, three bets we love, two we hate. I said something with NFL schedule ties, all minor over-unders. Um, I don't know what you did here. Frankly, it doesn't matter. What are the three that you love? All right. The the three that I love, I just went with some week one um, plays. So uh, Bill's money line, week one at the Rams. I think they are plus 100. Uh, they're, uh, the Rams are favored by a point. So forget the points, just take the Bills to win at plus plus 100. Uh, my number two, Cincy minus six at home versus the Steelers week one. I don't think that's even close. I think Cincy steamrolls them, so I like minus six there. And then number one, Broncos at Seattle. Broncos minus three and a half against Seattle. Unless they get a quarterback, I don't see how they're within – three touchdowns at Denver. So I, I like that a lot at minus three and a half. Uh, I did not do any of those. However, I, I think Seattle will keep it close against Denver just because that's what Pete Carroll tends to do. He'll get that defense fired up. It, it's in Seattle too. So the crowd will play a part in that as well. But I, I still don't think that's a bad bet. Anyways. All right. So my, my first one here, um, uh, Packers under 11 wins, which is at minus 110 right now. Um, I don't know who Rodgers going to throw the ball to. I, I I don't love their defense. Their running game's okay as long as the line holds up, but I, I could easily see them going 10-7. and seven. Now, as the season gets closer, I could change my mind because their division's not great. I understand that. They do get to play Detroit twice and Chicago twice, so... That's probably four guaranteed wins right there. But uh, my, my number two, Kansas City over 10.5 wins, which is at minus 130 right now. 
uh, I know their schedule is also tough, but it's Mahomes, it's Andy Reid. Andy Reid's a great coach in regular season, so I have no doubt they're going to get to 11 wins. My number one, Buffalo over 11.5 wins at minus 125. I don't understand how that doesn't happen unless Josh Allen gets hurt. So, What about the two that you hate? Uh, well, you just touched on one of them, but I, I went the opposite way. So Bill's under 11 and a half. Uh, who would bet that? You'd he, he, have to be crazy. Of course, you're going over 11 and a half wins for the Bills. And uh, the other one I had was any over on the total points for week one. Just because, you know, week one, they can tend to be a little bit sloppy, especially if they're not playing a bunch in the preseason. Uh, so I don't like taking any of the over on the total points for week one. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. It, it's, it's tricky coming out. You don't know, especially now that they only have three preseason games and the starters aren't really playing in those. So, all right. So uh, my number two the that I don't like, 49ers over 10 wins. We talked about them earlier. I project them for seven. I know that might be a little low, but I like under 10 still. Um and my number one, Philly, over nine wins, which is currently minus 110. I don't like that at all. Uh, I think that you had Philly right at nine wins. I just don't see it happening. I, I, uh, and Hurts, I do not trust. I had Philly at nine, and I had the Niners at 10. And, you know, that was before I looked at many of the actual odds on it. So I was I was right on Vegas's number. And then the Chargers, I don't they're in Vegas over under is 10 wins for them as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, just my feelings on that. That's where I see things going. Of course, I'm always wrong till I'm not. See San Francisco <laughs> Giants. Um, so, all right. I think that wraps up the pickle. We'll be right back after these brief messages from our non-existent sponsors. <laughs> You, me, me, you, you, me. Welcome back. It's McCarty Stern, and he's not going. (laughs) I'll take the next one. You're doing great. Welcome back. Segment one of episode 57, Sports Fantasies with Miller McCarty on a Saturday night. 57. That's intense. Good work. 56 more than I thought we'd get. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so segment one, we always go NFL unless it's baseball, but it's NFL time because the schedule was released this week. I'd I'd like to say also say it's fifty seven more than anybody asked for, so that's that's good. Um, yes, there's no doubt in my mind that that you are right. Uh, I can tell you it's fifty seven more than my wife probably thought we'd last it's 57 more than my stepdaughter would like because i wake her up half the time when we're doing this show into the hours <laughs> of the night all right so nfo uh went fantasy heavy in this one kind of i guess it was a combination uh how do you approach the off season uh in wait. Th- three different ways wait this is fantasy related uh, this first topic is yes 
Oh, okay. I went real, but I guess what's the difference? Yeah, uh, it's, it's about the same, you know. So th- there were three topics. First, well, first, how to approach the offseason as a contender. Yeah, Second, you know, the how sec- to approach the offseason for a team that wants to be a contender. And then third, a team that is still planning for the future. How do you approach the offseason? I know it doesn't say fantasy on there, but it's pretty I, much I mean, all the same. So, well, it would be, except my first one, as a contender, I put rest. <laughs> you need to rest. You know, don't play the big-time players a single quarter in the preseason. Just rest. Forget voluntary workouts. But now we're talking we're talking fantasy. So, you know, as a contender in most leagues, yeah, you know, not to, not to boast, um, but I am a contender in most leagues, I'm firing off offers. Um, you know, I know there's – some people would stand pat after they won a league or had a championship team. Not me. I like to trade it away and and get some new players just for fun. It's not really what you should be doing. If you have if you're already a contender, you shouldn't be looking to make a lot of moves, especially in the off season. Wait and see how things shake out. You don't know what kind of injuries are going to be out there. Um, you've got the draft coming up. You don't know how that's all going to shake out. So, but you know me, I just like to trade. I like to get new players on my team, um, but I'm not going to trade away my core players. You know, I've got my core group that are they're especially um, the only thing I can say I'll do once in a while as a contender. If I'm see that, especially with our dynasty leagues, if I'm getting a little bit old, uh, you know, some of my players are aging, then I do try and trade off some of that um, depth for some youth so that I'm not aging myself out in three years. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. So basically what I said for a contender, small tweaks and stay focused on your goal. Unless you're McCarty, then you make wholesale changes, typically with Blades, because you know he's going to get impatient, and then you can get all those players back if you need them. So, <laughs> yes. Oh, not um, so much in football. He doesn't trade much in football. Yeah, the only way he trades in football is if you make baseball deals with him, and then he'll hook you up in football. But that that big deal you made with him worked out really well for me at Atlanta. Me, Patrick. Hey, Mahomes. you got a problem with me? Not at all. All right. So number two, as a team that wants to be a contender, how do you approach the off season? Well, look, I think you got to go in with the mindset that you can win, right? With a couple changes here, a couple. Um, I was going to say bounces of the ball. That's not really a good analogy for football. Um, you know, I put here, look for some bulletin board material. But again, in fantasy world, I don't think that matters too much. Uh, I, I so, actually disagree. I think Nelson gets a lot of bulletin board material, and he <laughs> is obviously on the rise. But no, if, if you're if you're close to being a contender, then to me, you're trying to find those pieces um, that the teams that aren't contenders may be willing to move for youth or for picks. So bringing in, bringing in a couple of those um, veteran players that, that the ones that are looking for youth are, are ready to move on from. Yeah. I said for a team that wants to be a contender, look for someone in cell mode or that likes to shake things up, i.e. Blades and McCarty. Um, and somebody who wants to be a contender might have to take a risk or two, i.e. on those older guys and giving up younger guys who aren't quite ready to help your team contend now, but, probably will five, six, seven years down the road or continuously. So I think we're kind of on the same same wavelength as well. So what about a team still planning to play for the future? Well, this is never me. 
Um, I am not a big. You just did this last year in a week. Yeah, but I won. (laughs) So (laughs) go go figure. No, Um, you didn't. Oh, the sports fantasies like. Well, I I guess yeah, I I got you. That's after I was already realized I was out of it. So, but yeah, I, I got you. But putting your players on display. Uh, you know, figure out who you want to keep long term. You're looking at youth, but in terms of fantasy, though, I've never been a fan of like Buggy's uh, model or just constantly playing for the future and just building up prospects and picks. Yes, you may be very dominant in five years, or none of those picks could pan out. But you're already five years in, paying all of those league fees. Uh, with nothing to show for it. So that's not my style. Um, but you're selling, again, we talked about it with the with the one before. So, you know, p- veteran guys that still can contribute that you can go out and get some youth or picks for. My go-to example of that is Brandon Cooks in, in Houston. Um, he's still a legit number one wide receiver, wide receiver two uh, on the Texans. So, of course, this is going back to the actual NFL because I thought that's what we were doing. I put a note here that, like, if you're the Packers, um, why aren't you reaching out to the Texans to go give up a, a fourth-round pick for Brandon Cooks? Like, Cooks could be pretty good with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Yeah, no, I I would agree with all that. As far as for a team planning to play for the future, I said be patient. Maybe not quite like buggy in baseball. So we were on the same page there again. Uh, look for some bargains. You know, you. I think if you're playing for the future, you're looking for those young guys who are a dollar or two on the waiver wire that you can jump on and, and pick up and, and scoop up. Then I said look for draft picks. We've seen, we've seen a, a lot of guys, a lot of guys pick up. Young guys, and then sometimes like Blaze, for example, did it in a in a football league not too long ago, and then he mm-hmm. traded some of those guys, and you know turned them into something better. Of course, then he traded most of that away too, but that's just what he. Does. You can in an NFL in a, in a yeah NFL fantasy league, um, it's much easier to rebuild than say hockey. Baseball, if you're just trying to, you can stockpile a bunch of first rounders over a couple year period in a fantasy football league and be pretty well set within a year or two. I agree. Because you can trade a couple of those first round picks away for actual talented players, and then you're going to get some people in the first round that they can actually contribute. We've seen a couple of different owners do it in a couple of different leagues. So. All right, so the early season award projections, now we're jumping back to the NFL. You probably did fantasy, and I think they're pretty much one and the same. I did NFL. Thank goodness. All right, who is your early season <laughs> MVP? Well, come on. It's J.A., and I'm not talking Morant of the Grizzlies. It's Josh, don't call me Woody Allen, MVP. Josh uh, Allen. Yes, I have Josh Allen, too. My man crush, Josh Allen player or MVP of the league, Super Bowl champs, 17 and 0, baby, 20 and 0 at the end of the year. Actually, no, it was 14 and 3. All right, what about your offensive player of the year? When I was looking at like previous winners of this, I didn't realize that apparently if you're an MVP, you can't win offensive player of the year or defensive no, player of the year. They're, they're, they're typically different. Yeah. So 
uh, offensive player of the year, I would say surprisingly, but it makes sense because your MVP is, has been a, a quarterback a lot. Um, so offense player of the year, there hasn't been a quarterback since 2018. That trend continues. It's the game's best wide receiver, not Cooper Cup. It is Jamar Chase, best Bengal since Boomer. He's a baller. Interesting. I thought for sure we'd have the same player here. We do not. Offensive player of the year, none other than the close running back, Jonathan Taylor, probably run for 2,600 yards this year is my guess. He probably, he probably will. All right, defensive player of the year. I almost guarantee we went different here. I'd be shocked if we have the same name here. Probably. He won Rookie of the Year last year. He's going to follow it up this year with Defensive Player of the Year, Mika Parsons of the Cowboys. I don't hate that pick. However, I am going with a comeback player, a guy who may have got forgotten about because he was a bear and a raider before that. Mr. Khalil Khalil Mack, Defensive Player of the Year. How do you be, baby? University at Buffalo. All right, what do you got for your Rookie of the Year? Rookie of the Year. The guy I would have taken at one overall, I've got Aiden Hutchinson as Rookie of the Year. I, I don't hate that. However, I went a different route. You're going to notice a theme here in these picks. My Rookie of the Year, none other than Delvin's little brother, James Cook. Buffalo Bills. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, you hated his. You you hated his spot last week or two weeks ago, and now um, he's Rookie of the Year. All this. Time. Okay. Fair enough. A lot has changed between then and now. Who's your coach of the year? Coach of the year, no homer here. But if they go 14-3, and three, like you're saying, it's going to be, of course, Sean McDermott. We're on the same page there. Coach of the year, Popeye the Seller Man, a.k.a. Sean McDermott. What a homer show this is. <laughs> uh, and you know what's great is now we're going to do kiss or kick, NFL style. I'm going to let you go first here. Um, okay. So well, we're gonna stick. We're gonna stick with the Bills theme here for the first one. Kiss or kick. Oh, sorry. No, yes. App is loading. Taking Ooh. a long time. Hello. Are you muted? We lost you. Oh, okay. he's back. Go ahead. He's getting his soundboard ready. Such an amateur. Go All ahead. Right. Kiss or kick. Jamison Crowder being fantasy relevant. Why not? It's a it's a passing league. <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a passing league. He can definitely get some numbers. Uh, he, there's going to be opportunity for him just because of the way that their receiving core and their other weapons are set up. So yeah, he can be fantasy relevant. Absolutely, good good flex guy, especially in the leagues that play the two running backs, three receivers, and two flex. All right, next up. We've got uh, Maddie Ice in Indy now. So, kiss or kick Pittman is a fantasy wide receiver one this year. Uh, unlike most people, I, I don't mind Matt Ryan, but I don't think he's a huge upgrade over Carson Wentz. He doesn't move as well as Wentz does. So, if the line breaks out at all, he's going to be in trouble. So, no, I, I do not think that Pittman will be a number one. I love Pittman. He, I have him on a couple of teams, so I kick that. All right. Last one. Kiss or kick. DK Metcalf is a wide receiver one if Seattle doesn't get another quarterback. I not only kick that. I kick that if they get Baker Mayfield as well. 
Um, because, well, yeah, I said another quarterback. Yeah, a well, bunch of Baker rumors, and I think some people think that's a good move for Seattle. I don't think Baker's going to be moved at all because I think Deshaun Watson's about to get suspended for a year or two, to be quite honest. Oh, goodness. Oh, my hot take. Uh, baseball really just gave the NFL a precedent to do it by suspending Bauer for all that time. Ooh. Yeah, no, I, I've noticed every other day. All right, kiss or kick. Get a notice of theme. After my first one, you get a notice of theme, uh, but we'll get to that in a second. Kiss or kick, a running back being the top pick in the fantasy rookie dynasty drafts. Um. Yeah, I kiss that. I think you've got to go, Breesy, as the number one overall pick, or at least that would be my number one overall pick if I was at number one. Yeah, I would probably take Breesy number one as well. James Cook number two, absolutely. <laughs> James Cook. All right, and so now we get to get into to, to the theme of the night, and. I think we both actually talked about this team. Kiss or kick the Eagles over 10 wins. <laughs> what did I have him run? I, I guess wait, I think I had them. I think you had them 9 and 8, right? Yeah. 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 I'm kicking. I've got them 9 and 8. They'll be right there. Here's the thing. I Hurts, obviously, it's he's going to have to take a step forward as an actual passing quarterback. Can that happen? Maybe. I, I don't know. It's possible. He's he's had glimpses. He does have um, weapons, too. I mean, with Devontae and, Smith and A.J. Brown. I, I think A.J. and Devontae is a pretty good one-two punch. Now, again, I, it, but it comes down, is Hurts going to be able to get, get in the ball? I have a problem with their uh, – and I think – They've got new coaches in there, right? So maybe that'll change something. I don't. I've never liked the way they use their running game. I've never liked the way they use Miles Sanders. I never liked anything they've done on offense, pretty much. Uh, so we'll That's see if the new. Loser. Yeah, we'll see if the new coaching regime uh, gets something done. I've always thought that Miles Sanders should be getting the ball a lot more than he does, but that's just me. You and I actually agree on that. So, all right. So my last kicker case. Kiss or kick. LTG finishing a fantasy league with more wins than the Eagles. Um, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I'm going to kiss that. I think he was decent in sports fantasies. He was. He's, he, he, he's also pretty good in 12 angry. 12, 12 angry. He's always in the playoff mix. So, yeah, yeah, he's going to do that for sure. He might do it in two leagues. Quite honestly, he should do it in two leagues because the Eagles are going to win about six games. So, yeah, he could. All right, folks, that wraps up our segment one, our football segment. We'll be back with fantasy baseball, which will take four and a half hours because I'm sure there's 12 trades that I don't have written down that McCarty does. Welcome back to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. All right. It's my turn. It's my turn to lead it. This is segment two. We're going to talk 
fantasy baseball, a little MLB baseball as well. We're about six weeks into the season now. So, Miller, we're going to go through our top five Major League Baseball teams at this point. Uh, give me your five through three. All right, so number five, uh, this team struggled early on. They were actually in fourth place in their division for a while, but they've uh, rebounded. They're now in second, and that's the Tampa Bay Rays. Number four, uh, they're going to win this division going away. They've been in first since pretty much the beginning, and I don't think anyone's going to touch them, and that's the Milwaukee Brewers. Number three, a team that surprised me a little bit, and i got to tip my cap. They're also going to be getting their ace pitcher back at some point. Sounds like it might be after the All-Star break, but Mr. DeGrom will be back with the Mets. The, Nets, the Mets are my number three team. Interesting, too. Your teams didn't make my top five, but at number five, I called it. You loved it. They look great. It's the Angels. Uh, big time run differential. I'm a big, I'm a big, big time run differential fan. Number four, you just had them at three. It's the Mets. The bats are working. Great pitching. Like you said, they don't even have their ace at this point, but they look good. My number three, uh, and I, this is I'm kind of projecting because they will also get a stud back by the name of Tatis. And right now they're only about a game back from the Dodgers. It's the Padres. What's your uh, number yeah. two? I consider the Padres and I consider the Angels. The Angels actually just fought a first place today. Um, the Astros have passed them, so I left them off list. My number two is the New York Yankees. Uh, the Yankees have actually got kind of lucky, but I believe the Yankees are probably going to make a deal or two coming down the stretch here uh, as we get closer to the trade deadline, and they will secure their spot to make sure that they're looking better than they are now going into the playoff run. We might as well give me your one because I feel like we have two and one the same. Uh, the Dodgers are the number one team. Um, they'll probably blow up in the playoffs like they always do, but they're, they're the number <laughs> one team. Yeah, the Yankees have the best record in baseball right now. The Dodgers have the best run differential in the league, which you know I love. Uh, so there you go with that one. The Astros will never make any of my lists. That's just a side note. That's a bonus for all you out there. So let's talk about the bottom five MLB teams. Five through three, Mr. Miller. All right, so number five has been very disappointing for me. Uh, I actually picked this team to win their division, and that's the Detroit Tigers. I, did I actually think they were going to win the division? No, but I didn't think they were going to be in, you know, like the fifth or sixth worst record in the league. Number four, exactly. pains me to say, it's the Chicago Cubs. Uh, they've had moments where they've looked really good, but it's essentially a collection of AAA guys trying to play Major League Baseball. And occasionally they get hot for a week and they go, you know, five and two and you get a little excited. But they have 11 wins currently and the Cincinnati Reds have nine. Uh, my number three, the Kansas City Royals. So um, Tigers, Cubs, Royals, five through three. All right. My number five is the Pirates. They actually have exploded with 13 wins, uh, but the second worst run differential in the league. Number four, Cubs. I have one word here, uh, pathetic. Number three, <laughs> the, Ro the Royals. I mean, this is just where the Royals sit, right? I actually think this is pretty good for the Royals to be at three on our list. Typically, typically they'd probably be two or one, so good for them. They're moving up. Number two, you had them at five, the Tigers. I agree with you. I, I think they will get better. But as of yesterday, they might have won today. But as of yesterday, they only had nine wins. Yeah, they're playing Baltimore just, right now. I think they might have won yesterday and today again to eleven. Okay, so they're up to eleven. So they're you know things are moving in the right direction. Baez looks awful. Anyway, uh, I think I just gave you my five through two. So what's your two? 
My number two is the Washington Nationals. They just look bad. Um, everything about them looks bad except for Juan Soto. I think he's actually underachieving at this point too. My number one, you want that too? It's the Cincinnati Reds. They have nine it's, wins. Yeah, yeah, it's atrocious. The Reds are atrocious. We've we both got the Reds there at one. Although I like some of the Reds' youth, at least on the pitching side of it. Um, but they've got a lot a lot of work to do on offense. All right, so let's move on over to fantasy, and we're going to talk about our week five power rankings. I actually did these. Uh, you'll be excited to hear. Am, so let me. I am very excited about that. What do you want here? Uh, eight through four. Yeah, that's fine. Get, go go eight through four. All right, eight through four. Number eight, Joe Boo. Number seven, your mom's favorite team. Number six, the Shiva. Number five, Blades. Okay. All right. Eight. I did have Jobu. Seven. I've got myself. I'm a little down on myself right now. You know, I lost last week and I'm in a really close um, battle with Jobu right now. It'll come down to tomorrow. Uh, six. I have Blades and I've got you coming in at five. And then Clearwater was my four. Okay. Who's your three? Um, I gave you eight through five. I didn't give you four. My four is Suga. Oh, you Oh, you mean you didn't listen to the directions? Actually, no, That's... I did not. Uh, <laughs> my four is Suga, and my three is Charos. Okay. So I gave you four, uh, Clearwater. My three is Suga. Uh, just go with your two and one. We don't need to go back and forth here. Uh, my number two is Clearwater, and my number one is Careless. Okay. Yeah, we both got Careless at one. I think he's undefeated and the highest scoring team in the league. I've got Shiva at two, which is a little higher than you. Uh, he's he's only going to be three and two, but he is the second highest scorer, and I like his roster. So that's what we got there. So let's talk about some buy low guys. Uh, give me give me your, a, a couple of, of your buy low guys. So buy low, buy low and sell high. I uh, I went one one hitter and one pitcher. Uh, I, I will say with my buy low guys, these are guys, especially the hitter, who's probably going to be tough to get unless you're still willing to pay a little bit. But I do think maybe you can get them a little, him a little cheaper than you could at one point, and that's Ozzy Elbies, currently averaging 3.44 points per game, which is under where he was last year, of course, or the last couple of years. So if somebody is willing to sell him for a little cheaper, I would definitely buy low on him. And then my second guy is Shane Bieber, who is currently averaging 11.24. Of course, McCarty has him. He's not He's not selling him low, so you're probably not going to be able to buy him low in, in that league. Yes, if I had Elby's, I would not be selling him low either, but somebody may. So I went kind of category here uh, on buy low. My, my first one is prospects sent down. So Jared Kalanick, Joe Adele. C.J. Abrams, I think especially with Adele and Kelnick right now, you might have some owners that have already given up. And you got to remember, Kelnick is still 22 years old. Adele is 22, 23, maybe mm-hmm. 22, 21, 22. Um, now, I, I think I've got more faith in Kelnick than Adele. Uh, but you can you might be able to get those for pennies on the dollar right now. Uh, the, the next one up, I'm not sure what's happening. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, a couple of, of players that have either been suspended or injured. So, 
Uh, first one, Trevor Bauer. Now, look, this is contingent that you can put a suspended guy on your IR, on your team, and also a dynasty league because he's been suspended for two years. So <laughs> if it's a redraft, you don't want Trevor Bauer. But there's still an appeal to come, right? And there he can be is. had. He can be had, I'm guessing, for next to nothing in some leagues. If I have him, it's not going to be next to nothing. If you have him, it's not going to be next to nothing. Uh, but in some leagues, he's probably even being dropped at this point. Uh, so if you can get Trevor Bauer for a third-round pick, yeah, by all means, go do it. It's worth the gamble. I mean, what's you know, the worst that can happen is, is he is suspended for two years and you, and you never get to play him. The next one up, uh, a guy that I picked up that somebody dropped, Alberto. Mondesi, he's being dropped in a lot of leagues. If it's a dynasty league, pick him up for free, stash him. Uh, granted, he's going to be hurt next year, uh, so he's not going to play for you anyway, but so what? Uh, stash him on your IR. And a double bonus here, uh, uh, Mr. Miller picked him up, Joey Gallo. Uh, you know, he's just over two points per game. At some point, Surely he's going to get hot in New York or go somewhere else next year. And he does have upside. So, again, if you can get Gallo for next to nothing, then go do it. All right, next up is sell high players. Where do you go here, Miller? Uh, I went uh, one guy that, um, again, one hitter, one pitcher. So, and the, the pitcher you love, so I'm sure you'll disagree with me. Uh, the hitter is Taylor Ward, who's currently averaging 5.42 points per game. Uh, He's, wait, hey, update. Update. He put up 16 points tonight. He's over six points per game. <laughs> so so I, I like Taylor Ward. I think he's going to be a fine fantasy player, probably settling around 4-4-2, four, four, maybe 3-8, depending on the season. Um, if you can trade him as a five- or six-point-per-game guy and get that any kind of value, so – Go see Nelson. Um, I would I would trade him right now. Uh, and the next guy who I know McCarty also likes uh, is a pitcher for the Braves, averaging fifteen point six one points per game. Kyle Wright. I would sell high on him right now, mostly because I don't believe in his ability to stay healthy or to maintain even a thirteen point six one point per game average, let alone a fifteen point six one point per game average. So. I would sell high, especially in hung jury where pitching is king. I don't disagree uh, if you can get a pretty good return, although his strikeout rate has been big time. Now, he did show his last game he got shelled. So regression is going to come no matter what. Um, so, yeah, I, I, even me as a Kyle Wright fan, don't hate that. My first one, I had the same as you. And I already did sell high as Taylor Ward. He's not going to be a four-point-per-game guy. Of course, I keep saying that, and he keeps putting up nights like tonight where he had a four RBIs, a home run, and 16 points. Do you know who he um, reminds me of? Jesse Winker from last year. Yeah. Yeah. The guy so you're right. I mean, thought was going to keep falling off, keep falling off, and didn't. Yeah, he could settle anywhere from 3-6 to 4. Uh, you know, there's no, there's really no shot. He, he ends up at five points per game. Um, but he could settle around four. I don't think it happens, so I, I think you sell now. Uh, and then the next one, kind of in the same line, it's just, to me, anyone that has never scored more than three points per game that is off to a hot start, and there's there's a few of them, uh, Profar, Margot, et cetera. I mean, give me a guy 
with multiple years at 3.8 over a guy right now scoring four five to five that has a baseline of three or less. Yeah, I, I could see that. It's kind of an easy out, but whatever. It's acceptable. What's next? <laughs> All right, kiss your kick. I give you mine. You give me yours. What? Uh, you you go first on this one. All right, kiss or kick. Only one NL East team making the playoffs. National League East. Jeez, uh, right now it's, it looks like. Yeah, right current, now it looks that way. It's currently a mess. They're beating up on each other, and the Mets are the, kind of running away. And the Braves have been awful. Yeah, but the Braves look, and Phillies are. I think everyone except for the Mets are under five hundred in that division. There's a couple of teams like a game or two under five hundred, but I believe that the the Mets are the only team above five hundred. I'm going to kiss it just because I feel like the Braves at some point are going to turn it on and end up being pretty good. Okay. Kiss or kick, two AL West teams making the playoffs. Yep. I I think Houston and the Angels both get in. McCarty just gave Houston some love, folks. Write that down. 12.17 a.m. on 5.15.2022. Yeah, I mean, I hate it, but I think they get in. All right. Kiss or kick, Manny Machado finishing in the top five in total points amongst hitters. He's currently in the number one spot as of when uh, I did this research about two hours ago. Oh, Harper's there now, baby. But um, after tonight, but let's see. Machado, you know what? Top five. He might, but I'm not going to kiss anything about Machado. Uh, he's over five points per game, having the uh, a career year. But I see him settling closer to, to four, seven, four, eight, and I don't think that quite gets him in the top five. Don't you think he feels like a guy that should be an excuse and astro from those cheating days? Because he feels that way to me. <laughs> yeah, he should be. You're right. All right, sir, what do you got for me? All right, so I talked about a couple of players that have questionably, or maybe not, been dropped. So first up, kiss or kick dropping Lourdes Guriel in a dynasty league. I love it. I don't truly love that, but I kiss it because he's to a point in his career where he's supposed to be in his prime. Uh, he's he's older than 26. He struggled last year. He started this season mm-hmm. slow. That offense you would think is pretty good. It's, it's not like he's not protected and he doesn't have protection around him. So I can understand why a team would do it. Would I drop him? I may have in, in, in one league actually. Um, but it was with a smaller roster. So I, I guess a lot factors into it, but I, I can't say it as I hate it and that I would completely kick that. Yeah, he was dropped in, of course, our – on jury league, uh, I picked him up, but I'm pretty close to dropping him as well. So it's just a tough one because all the dynasty rankings you look at, he's like a top, you know, a top 130 guy. Mm-hmm. And and when you read like the 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 analytics stuff, it's like oh he's he's there, he's on the cusp of, but you know, although Toronto has been a mess all around. I mean, they have uh, been. V- Vlad's. Been bad. Chapman's been bad. Bad. Uh, 
Gurriel's been bad. I, I haven't seen Bichette. I don't keep up with him because I don't he's, have him he, on any of my teams. He's, but, he's also been bad. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on with that offense. I think they'll get it going at some point, but anyway. Uh, next it's, one. They probably just need to go back to Buffalo. It's probably the key yes. This was another uh, recent drop in our league. A catcher, Sean Murphy. I'll be honest. I think there's very few catchers that are not droppable at some point. Um, they're they're so interchangeable. Again, Sean Murphy's a guy that's already in his prime. Technically, uh, he kind of is who he is at this point. He and that that ace team's bad. It is, but he's also the the top-ranked scoring catcher in baseball. I, so I, I found it to be an odd drop. Um, now I get that he had another catcher. Um, it, it was careless that dropped him, and he's got another catcher that was pretty good. So it's and I get – Yes, Contreras because he made that trade right yeah. with Scott, I think it was. Yeah, and you don't want to drop – or you don't want to roster two catchers. So I completely get that. I just – I mean, Murphy literally is the number one catcher in baseball in, in terms of scoring. Uh, and so Blades picked him up. So a, kind of a gift to Blades. But it was the same thing. I could have picked him up, but I've got Real Muto, who's scoring less than Murphy, but I'm not going to drop Real Muto to, to roster another catcher because when I say he's the top scoring in baseball, he's averaging like 3.3 a game. You know, these yeah, catchers I mean. just, just don't score. So anyway, last one. Kiss or kick. Giving up on Joe Adele. Oh, um, this is a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna kiss I it. love it, and only because I, I think we we went back and forth on Joe Adele a lot. I mean, the analytics last year said that, or beginning of last year said that you should get rid of him and, and not even try to roster him because he strikes out so much. Then he kind of improved that a little bit toward the end of last year and in, in spring training this year, but he seems to be falling back into that same thing. I personally yeah. don't drop him, but I the one thing I've learned about most people is I try not to question too many people's decisions, unless it's Blades or LTG. <laughs> I think that's more just because they're very reactive and it's fun getting reactions from them. But, I mean, again, Adele's not a guy I would drop – you know, um, especially in a dynasty league, especially in this dynasty league, because I think we have three Angels fans. So, you hang. Who's been Who's been more disappointing to this for this season, Kellenick or Adele? I'm going to say Adele, only because Kellenick's 22. I know Adele's only 23, but if I'm not mistaken, Adele came from a place where he was kind of already playing, at least in like a at a, at a equivalent to a minor league level before he came over here, where Kelnick has not. So Kelnick's also slightly younger. I think the thing that's surprising about Kelnick is, is he just he talks so much about himself, and then he kind of just fell off. So. <laughs> All right, that's it for kiss or kick. Now it's time for trades, trades, trades. That's right. It is trades, trades, and more blades, trades. Uh, for before we even get into the actual trades, I, I want to 
I want to dissect Nelson's comment from Group Me the other night. Um, he wants. Oh, uh, there's 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 a good amount. Well, no, you're right. There's not. Okay, there's only. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, but he, Nelson says he wants a. He sends a message out to all of us. He says he wants a stud, second base, third base. Which keep in mind in fantasy, second base, third base, very limited position. Very shallow. Yes. Yes. For either Hudson, Rojas, Nemo, Lewis, I think he meant Royce Lewis, I don't know, uh, Jeter Downs, or Miguel Sanu. So he wants a stud at a limited position for a pitcher averaging about nine points a game, a hitter averaging two points a game and has never had done much more, Nemo, who I think he's around 3-5 right now, but that's his ceiling uh, from everything we've ever seen from Nemo. Royce Lewis, who was a, you know, is may still be the top prospect in the Twins uh, organization, but it's been uh, an ongoing journey of injuries for him. Jeter Downs, who is used to be a decent prospect, now it's borderline if you even want to roster him uh, in your roster, in your uh, prospect pool. And Sanu, who's under two points per game and old, and again, probably a ceiling guy of of 3.5. I mean, why send that message? What? So what was funny is Clearwater came at me after I I made a comment I made. Um, So Nimmo, or Nemo, however you want to say his last name, and... Finding Nemo and uh, Rojas are both ranked around three hundred and fifty to three hundred and sixty fifth in dynasty rankings. So of course, Clearwater comes up with well, what about Bichette averaging two point whatever and Albie's averaging three four and so the difference is is that. Bichette is a top 5 to 10 dynasty player, according to every single ranking you look at. Right. Elvis is top 12 to 15, and in a lot of cases, the top-ranked second baseman. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of the other guys you mentioned, like every guy he mentioned is a top 30 dynasty player. So the guys Nelson are trying to sell you are guys that are between 350 and 365 in dynasty rankings. And guys that are both already they're, they're free their, agents that are already in their prime, um, which makes a big difference. I mean, Elby's is what 24, 25, you know, Bishop's yes. 23 yeah. or 24. So, I, I mean, it's really an apples to oranges comparison. I, I get what Nelson is saying, like. And then Nelson, of course, just keeps bringing up, well, the rich keep getting richer. Nelson, you hope the rich get richer because of the trades you make. Like, the trade he made the other day where he got Mount Cass, I didn't. I thought that was a good trade for him. Wait, look, we're going to get into the trades. You you hang on. To the, you hang on, sir. I'm just saying. All right, that's all I got to say about that. I don't, I don't even I – don't, I don't mind Dakota Hudson. I, I wouldn't mind having him – on my team, but if you think I'm, you're getting a stud second baseman or third baseman for him, you're, you're out of your mind. Uh, all right. So combo league, we just had a couple. Uh, first up, Ice Dragons gives. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Uh, okay. I thought we were starting to hung Jerry. I was in the wrong way. All right, go ahead. 
All right, Ice gives Loreno, fresh off his million-game suspension, to Suga for everybody's favorite, Quan, I believe a Cleveland Guardian that got off to a hot start. I mean, just yeah. we don't really need to talk about this one. It doesn't really matter. But I, I like this. I like this trade for Suga if Loreano is anything like he was before the suspension. Yeah, I, I agree. Next up, Ice. He was active uh, over the last couple of weeks. He gives cream of the crop, Rosario, Kittredge, and Charlie Morton for a guy I talked about before, Profar. What's no, your thoughts on that? He he got he got Martin and Profar for Kitbridge and Rosario. You sure on that? Yeah, I'm positive. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Well, you know, I as usual, I've, I've I'm off the mark here. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, this trade is fine. I mean, Rosario and Kitridge have very little value, in my opinion, at least at this moment. Martin has struggled this year. He's kind of shown his age. Profar is what he is. Of course, according to Nelson, Profar is probably really like a four or five guy because he can play eight positions. Yes. Yeah, so now when you uh, straighten the trade out, it's who cares. So next up, uh, I gave Suga, Bomb, Alec Bomb, Merrill Kelly, Eric Lahr for Hunter Green, Loreno, and Gomer. I thought this trade was fine. I really didn't see any issue with it. If Lorraine can return to a 4-2 guy, I think you win the deal slightly. Um, this year and going forward, I think you win by some because I think Hunter Green is going to be better than anybody that you gave up. As usual with Suga, there's no um, getting over. I mean, it, yeah, I, I agree. It really came down to Lauer and Green for me. Um, I love, I like green a lot and Lauer's been lights out this year. Uh, but I decided to sell high. Like we talked about before. Um, I think, he, I think Lauer's going to be pretty solid. I think he's going to be a pretty solid mid rotation pitcher. He's got a lot of strikeouts this year, which is good. Um, but I think green is a frontline starter at some point. Uh, Kelly's going to come back down to earth as well. Loreno is a three, eight guy and I need some offense. So that's, that's, primarily why I did that deal. And, you know, Merrill this week um, in his start struggled. Lauer tonight struggled. So just trying to sell on that, uh, knowing that regression was, was going to be coming. So that's it for our combo league. Next up, we just had a couple in hung jury. Uh, first up, we talked about Taylor Ward before. So I gave Blades Ward, Muncie, and Moncada. For Marsh, Marquez, and Tanner Hawk. Um, you picked up Mancada from free agents. You picked up Tyler Ward from free agents. You very well could have picked up Muncie from free agents at some point. Um, he probably picked Marsh up from free agents, and then you got two pitchers who could be good or not be good. Um, yeah. I, I thought I thought you slightly won the deal. I, I don't think it, there was like earth-shattering deal. The fact that Ward is playing as well as he is, I think in this moment, Blades has a slight edge maybe. But you getting two pitchers back and not giving up any pitchers, um, I'd give, overall, I'd give you an advantage. Yeah, I really just wanted Marquez. 
because he was uh, kind of a buy low guy for me because he's been struggling. But I, you know, I think Marquez ultimately is a 13 point per game floor guy. And I like Hawk's potential. He's been taken out of the starting rotation, which is concerning. Um, he's 24, come down, 25, though. So. Yeah. If Hawk, he's shown flashes of being really good, too. So it just depends to me on this deal on, on what happens with, with Hawk. But yeah, I, I, no no big winner there either way. And then the, the next one, you talked about it a second ago. Suga gives Cohen uh, Mount Castle and Seattle pitching prospect Brash for Eric Lauer and Cole Irvin. And, I mean, I think you touched on it, but as usual, Cohen just gets rocked. I, I don't understand this deal at all. Mount Castle has promise. But I still think he's probably like a 3-8, maybe four-point ceiling kind of guy. I get that he's younger. Uh, Brash isn't any type of big-time pitching prospect, so who cares about him? Uh, Lauer, we just talked about, he's been really good this year. Um, And there will will be some regression, but like like I said, he's going to be a solid floor mid-rotation guy. In the Brewers system, the Brewers are going to win games, and they do well with pitching. And then Cole Irvin, who's who's kind of found his his place in Oakland and been really good. So to get two starting pitchers that are going to give you twelve to fifteen points per game for Mount Castle and Brash, uh, that was a lights out victory by Suga. Yeah, I don't I don't like either Irvin or Lauer as much as you probably do. But I would agree that Suga won the deal. I like Mountcastle a lot. I wish he wasn't in Baltimore. Uh, I think if Mountcastle's a four-point-per-game guy, though, and Irvin ends up in a bullpen and Lauer comes back down to earth, I think it's a little more even than you probably. But, yeah, I mean, it's just Nelson doing what he does. He, he posts a bunch of stuff on, on the message board about how the rich get richer, and then he – legitimately makes the rich richer so <laughs> yes yes he does we're we are that brings us to nostalgic stories i mean we're, we're already at the end of the show do you have anything honestly i i don't i don't have much going for nostalgic stories i i've been you know racking my brain of course i've been really busy i'm, I'm in that time of year where I, I become very busy like most people it's you know we get about four months of, of nice weather here in new york and so I'm at the ball field, whether it's for myself or my son, you know, three, four, five nights a week and works a lot busier. So I'm out on bikes and hiking and doing special events. So it's a busy time of year. Yeah. So whenever I look at this nostalgic story piece, I think to myself, man, I wish I remembered more because I feel like there's so many stories we could probably, of course, some of them we can't get into on air and that's the problem. Yes, they're not uh, family friendly. Being a, being a family, yeah, being a family friendly show, uh, a, a PG show. Uh, also, I just feel like I've forgotten so many things from my childhood, but uh, I do have just to really not nostalgic, but just a side note, a uh, shout out to Geodis Park, the new Nashville SC stadium. Uh, I went there for, you know, we've got season season tickets there. And so we, uh, the family went there for a game last weekend and it was a beautiful stadium. 
Seats are ridiculous. Again, don't want to boast, but the seats are great. Uh, just a great atmosphere, but that got me thinking. So Luke brought up the EA Sports is only doing one more FIFA game and then calling it quits. It reminded me of a game. Uh, I think it was maybe for the original PlayStation. We've probably even talked to it before on the show, but hey, this is episode 57, so who remembers? Uh, but there was a soccer game where if a foul was called, you could hit some buttons, although no one seemed to know the combination. It was kind of luck of the draw. But you would hit the buttons, and you could slap the ref. Uh, to this day, it was my favorite memory of any video game. I don't remember what the soccer game was called, uh, but shout out to whatever PlayStation was, game was, that was. Was that, the, was that the same game where when you scored a goal, it was goal, goal, super goal? <laughs> probably. I, probably. <laughs> I, I don't know, but it was amazing. I know, I know that Davis has had it. <clears throat> yes, that's that, that's where we played. It was at, yeah. at the dude's house. Yes, so uh, I'm sure it is indeed this, the same game. I remember that game, and I remember being on the smack for ref. But every time he scored, it was goal, goal, super goal. <laughs> that's all. That's yeah, all I no, got. Yeah, I mean, for me, man, it's, oh. I get accused of repeating myself a lot because I do. So, yeah, now that we've done 57 of these, I can't look through every single agenda and see what stories I told. And some of that, most of them I just kind of do on the fly anyways. So I'll probably just start repeating my stories soon just because it's it's been it's been over a year now. So I think we're safe to repeat some of them. Probably. Connor McDavid uh, just scored with about four minutes to go in a third of the game. Seven Kings Oilers. Uh, Oilers now up 2-0, so it looks like they're finally going to advance to to the next round. Poor Blades, his Kings gave a valiant effort, um, but yeah. looks like looks like they're going to come up short. Blades is uh, tooting McDavid's horn as we speak. All right, brother, this was yeah, fun. I mean, he's got time to text, and so does Luke. I feel like they could have been on the show, but anyway. Whatever. They, they, they definitely could have been on the show. We already knew that, though. These guys just aren't dedicated. I do have a couple of guys waiting in the wings. We should probably invite Suga back on at some point because we haven't. I mean, he, yeah, stood us, he, stood, he stood us up a couple of times, and then we just kind of forgot about him. So, all right. Well, until you next look, time, folks, have a great week. Because you don't – no, hang on. You don't, you don't stand us up. That's yeah. <laughs> never invited back. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, guys. I got to work. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Calling from the kitchen, Suga. Come on. Step up your game. We'll see you in about three weeks because I'm off the next two weeks. (laughs) Uh, I'm so glad you said that because I'm also off the next two weeks. (laughs) Okay. So three weeks. See you then. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. And be sure to catch future shows wherever you stream. Oh, bye-bye now.